Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we're in James 3, and James actually poses a question himself. Who is wise and understanding among you? Who do you know that's marked by wisdom? Do you want to be marked by wisdom and understanding? When I think about being marked by wisdom, I think about the smartest person in the room. Like my mind immediately starts rattling through a list of people who are really diligent students of theology. They know the word, they've studied church history, and they know all the theological terms. And while the individuals on my list of smart Christians, they might be wise, the knowledge they display isn't what necessarily makes them wise. But if knowledge doesn't necessarily make someone wise, what does? I think it's pretty safe to say that wisdom is something we'd all like more of, but how do we get it and how do we know if we have it? James 3 makes it clear that without wisdom, we're jealous, selfish, and arrogant. And I'm pretty certain none of us want to be marked by jealousy, selfishness, or arrogance. So what makes somebody wise or said differently? How do we know if someone is wise? Starting in verse 13, we read, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. So how do we know if someone is wise? By his or her behavior. Do they behave out of a place of gentleness? Do their deeds evidence wisdom, or do they evidence jealousy, selfishness, or arrogance? Verses 14 through 18 read, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart— Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. Verse 16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And in today's Devo, Abby Michael, she responded to these verses beautifully. And she just walks us through the whole chapter and some helpful cross-references. So she starts off her Devo by saying this, Before we take one step further in James, let's remind ourselves why acquiring wisdom matters. Proverbs 1-7 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This verse reminds us that wisdom is knowing God, and knowing God comes from a proper understanding of who we are in relation to Him. She continues, when we, when we realize our dependence and rightful place as worshipers and servants of the Most High, we make a shift from our sinful, natural bent toward reversing the roles of God and man. And this reversal, at its core, is pride. It's pride. It's a deeply embedded heart issue that has been present since the beginning. I mean, just look at Genesis 3.6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eye, that it was to be desired to make one wise, she took of it and she ate and she gave some to her husband who was with her and she ate. God said it wouldn't go well, but they did it anyway. Pride is a deeply embedded heart issue that's been present ever since sin entered the picture. Yet God has consistently shown that he cares deeply about the condition of our hearts and the restoration of them back unto him. 
James 3 is a specific expression of a heart driven by pride instead of the fear for the Lord. The tongue is described as a fire, a world of unrighteousness. That's James 3, 6. A restless evil full of deadly poison. James 3, 8. And a primary mechanism we can use to boast of great things. James 3, 5. And these great things that set on fire, divide, and poison are rooted in pride, jealousy, and selfish ambition. James 3.16. There we are, full circle. When we operate this way, we speak and act in a way that seems right to us, but at the end of the day, it's sinful. And Abby concludes by saying, with our words, we sing praises to God and then gossip about others. We pray to God and then complain to, complain to friends. And we plead with God and then wound those who are around us. No human being can tame the tongue, James 3.8, yet the cross of Jesus has paved a way for believers through the Spirit not to be ruled by their tongues. Wisdom from above makes this a reality for believers, James 3.17. This wisdom is a right understanding of God, which produces a heart and a tongue that honor him. I'm going to say that again. This wisdom, godly wisdom, is a right understanding of God that in turn produces a heart and a tongue, a heart and an individual who speaks words that honor God, because ultimately our hearts are what God is after. And oftentimes the words we use indicate the condition of our hearts. Well, not oftentimes. They always indicate the condition of our hearts. The words we choose to use tell others, and really, they tell me what's going on in my heart, and they tell others what's going on in my heart. Words that are marked by wisdom indicate a heart that's got a right view of God, and God cares the absolute most about what I believe about Him, not how eloquent or knowledgeable I sound when I talk or when I pray or when I counsel others. He wants me to know Him rightly, and from that knowledge of Him will flow the fruits of the Spirit, words that are gentle and kind and caring and compassionate and wise. So what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about wisdom? What would you have said at the start of this podcast? Is it a right view of God or intellectual knowledge? Is it patience and gentleness that comes from a love of God? Or would you have said wisdom is a cleverly timed or insightful remark? Has God informed your definition? Do you have a right view of Him? True wisdom can only come from a right view of and understanding of who God is. So how is your view of God informing your definition of wisdom? That's all we've got time for, but I'm so glad we're on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.